Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another of our fabulous Italian football podcasts. I'm Connor Clancy. I'm back to host again. I'm joined by a full house. It's not happened too often this season, but it's happening tonight, and that's all that matters. You and Burns is here. Burnsy sitting on his bed. Say hello. Hello, everybody. Is that your childhood bed, or your current bed, or someone else's bed? Um, I'd say none of them, actually. <laughs> I didn't do any childhood in this house, but it is my parents' house. So it's not another bed. What do you mean another bed? I mean, it's it's my room, but I never really lived here properly. Whose bed is it? We've gone very Goldilocks and the Free Bears here, <laughs> people. But it, it, oh yeah, it's my it's my bed. But oh, Vito Dory is also here. Me. Vito, say hello. How are you? Hello, Connor. I can tell you that the bed I've got here, I've had that for eleven years, so that's more than enough. <laughs> Thanks for just being so simple and to the point, Vito. I appreciate it now more than ever. No one should know that. <laughs> no one should know how long they've had their bed for. <laughs> Someone who's never simple or straightforward or to the point. Kev Pogzelski is also here. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Connor. Hi, everybody else. What happened today? You managed to get a ticket quite late on, did you, for Tottenham Liverpool? Yeah, I uh, stood around the ticket office and then someone went looking for a ticket. I went, yeah, and they went person I was waiting for said they're going to be 20 minutes. I can't wait that long. <laughs> Do you want a ticket? Oh. I went, yes, thank you. <laughs> so you can know, off we went. What? It's always quite good drama following Kev on a day that Liverpool have got an away game. Because it is, isn't it? <laughs> you, you'll see about 25 tweets that reference the fact that you need a ticket yeah. <laughs> for the game. And then and then suddenly you'll you'll see one later in the day. Like, oh, he's in the ground. Lovely. <laughs> Yeah, because the way Twitter works as well now, it's you don't you see older tweets before you see newer tweets sometimes, so you won't really see what's happened, mm. and then just suddenly he's in the ground, and it is it is quite nice. But look, we're not here to talk about Liverpool. Thankfully, we're here to talk about Serie A. Match day thirteen was brilliant. It was full of action. There was a lot of fun to be had. Spread over three days. Kicked off on Friday. Udinese Lecce finished one one. Udinese very much back down to earth after their incredible start to the season. Empoli beat Sassuolo 1-0 on Saturday. Selani Tanakramanese was 2-2. Atalanta went 1-0 up against Napoli. Kev got carried away on Twitter. And Napoli came back on 1-2-1. And then Milan won late, late on after Daniel Maldini had scored for Spezia against them. They beat, they won 2-1 in that one. Sunday's games saw Bologna beat Torino 1-0. Fiorentina won at Samp 2-0. Monza beat Verona 2-0. Lazio beat Roma in the Derby della Capitale 1-0. And Juventus beat Inter. Yes, that's right. Juventus beat Inter 2-0 in the Derby d'Italia. What a weekend that was. And Burnsy, I'll start with you because we did the preview pod together. We looked ahead at the three big games. 
You said that Napoli would beat Atalanta. You said that Roma would beat Lazio. And you said that Inter would beat Juventus. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'll take that. I'm, I'm comfortable with the knowledge that I know sod all. So I'll take one out of three. One out of three? Yeah, you're happy about yeah. that? Yeah, sod it. Fair <laughs> enough. I appreciate that you've taken it on the chin so well. But it was a good weekend of football, wasn't it? I, I really, it's one of those weekends where I don't really know where to start again. I think we have to start with the Derby d'Italia because, Kev, we've ridiculed Juventus so many times this season and they've gone and beaten Inter 2-0. So we all know nothing and just need to shut up and let Allegri cook, right? Well, I think um, Agnelli will be quite happy that uh, this has happened and we can now let, let Allegri cook because I still think he might be under pressure in the summer. But this whole... Juve won't sack their coach mid-season. Um, this result kind of allows them to at least drag it out, I think, for the summer now. Until the summer, to drag it out. They're the kind of words that they'd like to be listening to after beating Inter 2-0 <laughs> in the Derby d'Italia. But Ewan, how did this happen? Because this result to me, I know Inter haven't been at their best this season, but how has this happened? It doesn't make any sense. It was, I mean, Juve certainly didn't like play well for the whole game or anything like that. It was more just that Inter's second half performance was like utterly shocking. Um, I'm, I'm leaning towards worse this season, although it may be a bit recency. But um, they just could not string anything together. I mean, the, the way they played, they still had chances in the second half because they, you know, they've got players on the pitch who make chances even if they're playing badly. But by their own standards, they just couldn't pass the ball. And um, Juve kind of, Juve adapted to that situation very well. They did sort of play a bit like underdogs and um, and it suited them. You know, the, the, the first goal was on the break. It was a very, very good break. And the way Rabiot took it, I mean, he's someone that we're very happy and quick to criticise. And I'm willing to keep doing that, generally speaking. But um, he took it really, really well. And then, um, and then Fagioli got the second goal and that even being Juve that, that's quite a nice little sub story in its own right anyway we've got to talk about Fagiolo but I think before we get to Fagiolo we need to talk about Lautaro Martinez because he missed a few chances he's been in good form so far this season Vito but in a game like this against Juventus, this is the game where you really want him to take those chances. He didn't, and Inter fans are going to be disappointed with his performance in this one. They should be, because in a game like this, this is where you think uh, Lautaro should uh, use his big-game temperament. He scored in big games before for Inter and for Argentina, and in this kind of game, he needed to um, really put the ball in the back of the net. He probably should have given into the lead after about five minutes, but he shot wide when really he probably would have had a better chance of actually shooting on goal. And although Szczesny made a couple of saves from him, as good as some of the saves were, I think at the same time, the placement of those shots weren't uh, that great either. So this was uh, disappointing on his part. And another thing too, is that Edin Dzeko didn't really take the load off him either. So um, again, uh, I think the absence of Lukaku again, and a fit Lukaku, you can say that Lukaku doesn't perform well in big games, but I think just having his presence would have made some difference or at least taken some pressure off Lautaro as well. To be fair to Lukaku as well, I think 
when he was with Inter last time, at least he did perform in the big games, just not when he was up against Giorgio Chiellini. He always did well against Milan, if I seem to recall, but I'm just thinking, Ewan, did I say Fagiolo or Fagioli? Because <laughs> I think I said Fagiolo, didn't I? I didn't yes. catch which one you said, but I'm, yeah, it's certainly plausible. I went for the <laughs> singular being rather than the beans, but he's he's having a good season, isn't he? Because he got the winner against, was it against Lecce a couple of weeks ago? And what a goal that yes. was. Del Piero-esque. Thank you for the confirmation, Vito. But what a finish. And now he's got a goal in the Derby d'Italia. So it wasn't the winner, but it clinched the points, as I think one of you has written either on Twitter or in the report, but that is in my head. He's having a lovely all time this year, Burnsy. Yeah, it's very nice, but you know, what has to be discussed in relation to him, and we've done this before, and we know that James Horncastle is very, very prone to this sort of thing. He tweeted after the goal and Fagioli must be full of beans, as you alluded to there. And it's, <laughs> it's an easy one, isn't it? I, I think we've all yeah, been waiting I, to use that at some point. <laughs> I hate that kind of joke in many ways, but for some reason when, when he does it, it does make me smile. Um, but no, he, he's a very good player. Obviously, he's got a couple of goals now and he's come through at the same time as a handful of others as well. You know, Moretti is probably the main one, but there are others um, whose names slightly escape me. There's Sule and the guy with English heritage, something junior. Healing <laughs> <laughs> junior. There you go. We, we we can just put out vagaries and then Peter <laughs> cleans it up. For us. Yeah. <laughs> it leans what, forward and welcome to it. the pod for the last ten years, <laughs> <laughs> But um, but no, he he does look good. You know, there's a lot of players who've sort of come through slightly through necessity due to the amount of injuries they've got. Um, somebody did a list before the game, and it is ridiculous. Um, they got two back out of like eleven players mm. who are often in and around the first team, and some are key that are out. Um. But you know, there's some good players that have come through at the right time and they do seem to have a very good basic level at least. And Moretti and Fagioli seem to be very interesting at the moment. It's good to see Fagioli having this run where he's scoring these goals because I think Moretti, especially at the back end of last season, was getting some chances and he was looking promising. But I think in some of the games he's played this season, Moretti... I think he hasn't been as impressive or if he's been forced to play in a more advanced role, I think he looks a bit out of place. I think Moretti's the kind of player that should be playing deeper. Fagioli, on the other hand, he had some games under Andrea Pirlo, then he impressed at Cremonese, helping them earn Serie A promotion, and now he's getting his chance at Juve and he's taking it some style. I think with Fagioli scoring, that takes a bit of pressure off... uh, Miretti to an extent, at least uh, another youngster is shining through. And uh, it's a bonus to have these uh, extra scoring options. You look in the last two games, you know, Fagioli scored the one against Lecce. He got the second goal in this game and Rabio got the first one against Inter. So if the strikers aren't picking up the scoring load, it's good to have contributors elsewhere. And Fagioli being so young, it's good to get the ball running at a young age and uh, show that uh, there's plenty of room to improvement of improvement but uh, you know the potential's there that uh, he can uh, get better and better there is a lot of room for improvement with a lot of these young Juventus players and Kev even there's 10 points off top 
They play Napoli on match day 18. Still a lot of the season left to go, including two fixtures with the current league leaders. I'm going to keep asking this question every week until it's mathematically not possible. But Juventus can't actually do it, could they? Well, um, I probably should say they can because I tipped them at the start of the season. But um, <laughs> I think I'll I'll rest somewhere in the middle that they're looking they're they're looking more likely well more likely than I thought they would be a couple of weeks ago to actually get Champions League football. Um, of all those sort of teams, you know, you, you we thought might maybe Roma needed to kick on this year and sort of grab one of those places. I don't think any of us expected Atalanta to certainly start the season so strongly. You know, we expected them to be competitive, whereas Juve were in that Juve in that sort of the, the two or three teams out that were currently outside of you know maybe around match day ten when they were outside of the top four. You thought you know they could fall away and actually just be out of the running by after Christmas, um, ignoring your Lookman uh, goggles every time I speak about Atlanta. Um, what you're talking about? So, um, but no, so I, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna go through and win the title because. I'm I'm becoming more and more convinced with Napoli, and we'll get onto that. Um, but they could surprisingly be in the Champions League next year. Right? Why are you getting more and more convinced with Napoli? They went away to Bergamo, they won two one. Atalanta went one 0 up through. I'm not going to say the best penalty you'll see this season, but come May, it's going to be one of the best penalties you'll see this season from Arimola Lukman. But Napoli came roaring back. Kelly Felmas scored. Victor Ossiman scored. And Napoli won 2-1 despite Kev Atalanta playing really well in Bergamo. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at the XG for Atalanta, it was somewhere around the 2.8 mark. And, and, was uh, it that high? Yeah, it was that high. And, and Napoli's, was, uh, Napoli's was around 1.3, touching on 1.4. And that is and when I looked at, when I saw the um, whoever it was that published the XG set, uh, stats, I apologise which Twitter site it was, I thought to myself, that's... That that's the sign. You know, that's where they've gone to a really tough place. They've gone to Bergamo, really difficult, particularly when Atalanta kind of on form, and to withstand that and actually be so clinical, you know, to to take the goals. You know, they had, they had a little bit of fortune. One got a slight deflection, didn't it? And sort of looped up off of you know it, it kind of take it took mm. it took Musso out of deflection off out the board. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was it. And Musso was out. Otherwise, he might have got something to the Almas uh, goal. But um, yeah, it leads me to think that, and I think you know they've got two more rounds now before the World Cup. If they win both of those, which is entirely feasible, it's like you know get them back, recharge the players that aren't going to the World Cup, get them properly rested and focused. I just hope, I hope things. I hope, well, I almost hope they don't get a decent run in the Champions League because I think that could actually de- <laughs> derail them towards the final. You know. Because I think it'll still be close. The last couple of weeks of the season, it still could be sort of six, seven points in the total race. And if they, they if they sort of continue to perform in Europe and and say get get to the the quarters, even maybe the semis, then it only takes a sort of a a dodgy semi final result to sort of throw everything off because you know players' heads will go or whatever. But um, we will see. Burnsy, can you calm him down a little bit because I think he needs to. Going to Bergamo is not a difficult thing to do. Lazio won there. Cremonese got a point there. Atalanta won four times there in the entirety of last season. Come on, Burnsy, help me out here. Well, I'd love to do what you're asking, but while he was talking there about the break of the World Cup and getting them back refreshed and everything, I was just trying to scramble for um, 
the list of teams actually in the World Cup to confirm what I want to say. But I'm thinking just purely off the top of my head here, the, a lot of the key players in this Napoli team, at least Ozyman and Barrett-Skelia, aren't at the World Cup. Um, Zielinski won't be there then, very long. I hate to say that as a <laughs> third-generation um, poll. Kim, Kim Min-Jae may, may not be there very long. Um, and then Ongisa may not be there very long. Um, Lobotka by extension won't be. Um, who else have they got? I mean, there's a lot anyway. There's a lot of players who are starting every game and being very important for them. And they're not going to be at the tournament. And that sort of thing is, in, you know, at least two, I'd say, of the teams towards the top of the table are going to get a player injured in this World Cup. How serious injuries are, no one will know. But there's going to be injuries. Um, and it's going to be a massive, massive factor in the rest of the season. So, no, I'm not going to do what you're asking. Well, Alison McKenzie actually wrote an article for Total Hive in Italian Football recently talking about that very thing, that Napoli have quite minimal disruption when it comes to this World Cup, particularly compared to the teams around them, because... Milan could be missing 11 players for the World Cup. All of these pointed out by Alistair McKenzie in that article. Inter could lose eight. Juventus, 11. Roma, six. And Atalanta, five. So the only team in that top seven that could lose less players than Napoli to the World Cup are Lazio. Lazio won't win the title. So Napoli are really nicely placed. They're six points clear at the moment. Kev, they could go six. They could go into this World Cup six points clear if they do as you were saying and and win their next two games before the World Cup. You want to jump in? I'll let you jump in now. The 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 thing that would re would really annoy me if they did go on and win the league this year though would be that it'd have that little asterisk about it being a World Cup year because you know, you know, I've seen how much some of like the northern Italian fans hate Napoli and yep. they would love sort of just putting that caveat against any league title this year, but you know. There you go. It would happen to anybody, really. That sort of thing pisses me off, though. Yeah, well, because like, does it make it easier this season? I'm not sure it does. This thing, this it doesn't make a difference. But I yeah. think, like, I don't understand to point it out as a possible detraction from what they may do seems ridiculous. But it will be right to say that it was a very different season to anything else that's come before and will likely come after, unless mid-season World Cups become the norm. Which they might well do. Um, no, they probably will. I think they will, you know, because I think the a few people have said this is not an original point, but the quality of football is probably going to be higher at this World Cup because players are in their physical prime, and then there's probably going to be a push for it's more entertaining. So who knows? It might be a thing, but that's not why we're here. We'll need we'll need to fill a lot of time during the World Cup itself, guys. So let's talk about that then, shall we? For now, we've got enough on our plates, but Napoli do just look good, and Vito, I suppose. Could we say that in Bagamo they won in a slightly different way to what we've seen from them so far this season? It seemed like there was a bit of a change in styles in this game because Atalanta seemed to be the more conservative this season, whereas Napoli have been the more attack-minded, if you like. However, in this game, it was Ladea who were creating an abundance of chances and uh, Napoli times had to be pegged back and they had to defend deeper so they could uh, avoid being exposed. But uh, they still kept their heads 
Uh, Aussie men, despite uh, giving away the penalty, atoned for it by being involved in both Parteno pay goals. And uh, between good defending and some good goalkeeping from Alex Merritt, the Parteno pay were able to hold on for the points. I've just been cu- accused of being an Atalanta fan, guys. Can you believe that? Uh, Someone on Twitter has just accused me of being an Atalanta fan. Well, they're not wrong, are they? Where have they been for so long? <laughs> Michael Hart, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I cannot believe what you've just what you've just done. You think I support Atalanta? What has given you that impression? That's odd. Um, you, strange that, isn't it? Speaking of Atalanta, guys, Duvan Zapata's back, and I couldn't be any more <laughs> delighted that he is. He's been making a couple of substitute appearances. He's not quite made the eleven yet, but. Burnsy, it's only good news to have Duvan back because not only is he brilliant, but he's one of the most likable strikers and players in Serie A, I reckon. Yeah, he's he's one of them who's been a, a source of both fun and just brilliant goals for quite a few years and a now. Big strong man. It's a big, big strong man. <laughs> <laughs> There's no no two ways around that. Um, and yeah, he's he's just one of them players. You, you just want to see him playing football. It, it's a shame when he spends so much time out on the sidelines because he's very much part of the furniture in, in Serie A now, I'd say. Um, and a very, very welcome part of that. A very, very welcome part. The Rome Derby, guys, Lazio won 1-0. Didn't see this one coming. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Lazio were without Sergei Milinkovic Savage and Chiro Mobile, but you and your boys went there. Well, they didn't go anywhere. They hosted Lazio and they were little slugs and lost 1-0. They they were slugs. <laughs> it was very slug like. Um, we we said on the preview we we, we kind of the, the way that us and among others build this because there was no other way to build it really. A lot of things aligned at once for Roma in the run up to this of Milinkovic Savic and Chiro Mobile being out. The exploits in midweek went in Roma's favour. Um, home team, yada yada. <laughs> Lazio just lost to Salernitana. And 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 then I said, but I don't like that. <laughs> that that doesn't. That I don't think anyone ever really wants to deep down go into a game like that because it, it's the weight of expectation is a very massive thing in football. And um, I wouldn't say it, to be honest, the way the game panned out, it Roma didn't wilt under any sort of pressure or anything like that. They just played badly. Like the the first half, very little happened to be honest, and then the goal was a complete gift out of nothing. Roger Ivanja is just made a bad decision in the box with the ball, got pickpocketed, and they scored. Um, and there was limited other actual chances for either team in the game. It, it was one of them, that makes it sound really boring. It wasn't boring just because of the occasion. It was It was very fiery. Um, there was a very funny moment, which actually we ought to try and find socials if people haven't seen it, where towards the end, the ball is the ball has gone out for a Roma throw-in, but it's, it's bouncing. And... Um, Stefan Radu runs out in his big thick coat. I think he's got a flag around his neck as well, but like as if it's a scarf. Um, he runs out from the bench and basically grabs the ball and then like takes it away from um, Rui Patricio, who's, come, who's, who's sprinted across from his goal to try and get it to take the throw in. Um, and then he ends up pushing Radu to the floor and it causes this massive melee on the side. And um, while what it wound wants, me up at the time... Yeah, it was all I, I, I could see both sides because it, it was annoying me because I wanted a goal to happen, but it was it was quite evidently funny, and it was you know it's sort of thing if your own team do it, then it's absolutely brilliant. 
I think um, it's just brilliant it's in, in all in all times. At all times yeah. would be correct. Let's see Juve do it against Atalanta. No, they're not and allowed then... to do it. <laughs> and then we'll see what you think. Right. They're not allowed to do it. Why, why are you talking about Atalanta again? I I, what's That's happening? A comparison. <laughs> yeah, but what have Atalanta got to do with me? First Michael's at it, now you're at it. Why... What's the context here? Because I can't carry on anymore. Why do people think... <laughs> are you suggesting I'm an Atalanta fan as well? Yes, I'm doing exactly that. Adamantly. <laughs> I'm really confused, Kev. Why is everyone suddenly saying I'm an Atalanta fan tonight? Um, probably because you've had a couple of beers and you're a bit more paranoid than usual. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've just read you out a tweet, someone calling me an Atalanta fan, and Burnsy's just done it. I don't think it's anything to do with my levels of paranoia, to be honest with you. That's my other account. Get your, ta- Hart, get your, get your tattoo out. <laughs> what tattoo? Your Atalanta tattoo. The tattoo I have of a Sevilla player. Your Papu Gomez uh, yeah, tattoo. What's the, what have Sevilla got to do with Atalanta, mate? I, I don't follow him. Sorry. I'm really, really sorry. But six of the top seven played each other this weekend, guys. Milan were the only team not to have been involved against another of the top seven. Did we learn anything from this weekend, Vito? Or is it just, again, that Serie A's a bit mad? I think Serie is just a bit mad at the moment. I think we'll take that, to be honest, won't we? It makes the league a little bit more fun to cover. Milan, though, 2-1 against Spezia. What a narrative we had lined up here, Kev. I know you watched this one. Daniel Maldini scored against Milan, having scored in this fixture last year, but for Milan against Spezia. Um, that was the big narrative. You kind of pushed it before kickoff, to be fair to you. You said... Wouldn't it be great if this happened? It happened, and it looked like it was going to be decisive. But then Giroud popped up with another one of his weird acrobatic goals and won it late on, and then got sent off. Yeah, that was the that was the frustrating thing. I think was the Giroud uh, sending off. Um, it would have been nice if Maldini's had been the, the winner, um, but you know, even a draw was a great a, a great narrative, particularly. You know, you knew the TV cameras were just there. They were, they were waiting for the very moment because they were going to snap to his dad sat in the stands and exactly what they did. Um, but Milan struggled. Uh, it felt very much like a game where they should rest players, but with the injuries they've got out, um, Giroud coming on and scoring the winner, um, I think highlighted some of the depth issues that they've got. And I'll write about that um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and... Now he's going to be out. I know they've only got Cremonense next, but Giroud's a massive loss with what else they haven't got going for them up top at the moment. It's a bit weird, isn't it, that Daniel Maldini has scored, what, two career goals in his life and they both came in the same fixture for different teams. Has that ever happened before, you? And Can you think of another example of this? Of course I can't. You know I can't. <laughs> <laughs> that was just cruel. Why would you ask me if everyone here? Is it, is it technically the same certainly picture? knows the answer to that. <laughs> is it technically? Just do, do a quick calculation in your head. <laughs> I'm not sure I class I it as the same picture. What? I don't know if I class it as this, the same fixture. Oh, that's true. Because yeah. it was Spezia Milan was last time. Spezia. This is Milan Spezia. Uh, it was the reverse. Well, that makes it even better, doesn't it? Because yeah. you could sell that to sell it. You could say that to sell it as if it was the same season and it would be a lot of fun yeah. but this was be interesting because yeah. last do you want to shut up and just let me host the <laughs> podcast before I mute your microphone <laughs> last season I was at the game in Spezia when Maldini scored and Paolo Maldini was only a couple of seats to my right so when he scored 
I wasn't alone in just turning to look at what Paolo was getting up to, and he was a little bit emotional. So it was quite funny to see the cameras pan straight to Paolo Maldini when Daniel had scored, but against his team. How would you describe his reaction this time, Kev? Mooted. <laughs> what do you think was happening in his head as the only one of us that is of like potential father age? Fuck you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like. Oh, that was rude. I like, <laughs> I like to think he was just slowly gripping his chair, that we couldn't see his, you know, couldn't see his arms, you know, either side of his thighs or whatever. Um, but yeah, thank, thanks for really that. Responded. Yeah, God, I, I probably am. I don't even know if I'm Paolo's age. I'm trying to work out how old he is, but yeah, no, I'm certainly definitely, I'm definitely old enough to be um, Daniel's father. I can hear someone typing. <laughs> so three men just typed in Maldini all at once. <laughs> well, Daniel Maldini is 21. So does anybody have an age update of, of Paolo? He's 54. Oh, really? Fif- no, he is oh, well, not. Oh, I thought he was. He's caught me very off guard. Yeah. How does he look like that when he's 54? Yeah, I'll take that. I have a niece two years older than Daniel. I would have taken that at 23, Ewan. He's a good-looking <laughs> man. 54? Yeah. Apparently so. No, sorry. I'm trying to work out the maths on that. He was a professional that, athlete. He was like 48. <laughs> yeah, but Kev, he was playing like two years ago. It, seems, it doesn't seem like that long ago that he retired. Didn't he retire? Oh, <laughs> it was 2009. Yeah. It was 2009. Yeah, I remember 07. Years. 07, he lifted the Champions League, and then I, didn't, I don't recall him carrying on too long after that. And he must have been... He would have been around 40 then, wouldn't he? Well, that's what Matt will do for you, Kev. Yeah, he would have been around 40. Yeah. Well done. Um, just, you know. <laughs> the other games this weekend, we'll move through them quite quickly because as we discussed before coming on air, we've got a lot of podcasts to do this week because there's a midweek round of Serie A. And if you are interested in keeping up with that midweek action, we will have a preview pod, a women's football podcast, a midweek review pod and a preview pod for the following weekend's action. So this week, because three bonus podcasts isn't enough, you're getting four over on patreon.com slash football, And you can sign up for as little as two euro a month. There are also five and ten euro tiers available if you want to support us in that way. Guys, four podcasts in a week for two euro a month doesn't seem worth it on our end. I'll be completely honest with you. But we're going to do it anyway. The rest of the games then we've got to talk about. Well, we've just spoken about that one. Bologna, Torino, let's go there. Torino are a little bit funny. Bologna are a little bit funny. Kev Arnautovic, did he score this time? He didn't, sadly, no. Do you want to change your bet? No, he's saving him up for the second half of the season. You sure? Yep, convinced. Okay, 13.5 was the bet, wasn't it? It was thirteen, but uh, yeah, it was. I was just trying. I was just trying to get an extra goal in there. Sorry, uh, if he scores thirteen goals, I owe you dinner. He won't, so you'll owe me another. Um, <laughs> Vito, Sam, they've lost two 0 to Fiorentina this time, and Fiorentina aren't very good. No, they're another team that you know they keep possession a lot, but they're quite wasteful. And uh, although Bonaventura Milenkovic scored goals, uh, Mil- uh, what's his? Iconé, he should have scored one, but for what some reason... There, he, he was, that was well, bad. That was, 
that was just bizarre. I mean, he had, he was clean through. Probably should have just chipped the ball over Emil Dero, but instead, I think he wanted to dribble past him. Didn't do he did it, but then there were two sump defenders decided to do the team thing, and then I think I think it was Kuyame that was there. Yeah, Kuyame. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah, Kuyame, and then Kuyame couldn't hit the target. So yeah, that was a bit of waste on the Viola's part. But yeah, um, sump. Yeah, no. No big news, no big signs of hope as yet. Just seems to be another week, another loss. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but are we, are, I want to talk about the Ikone thing because it doesn't make any sense. He was he had beaten the goalkeeper. There were two defenders on the line. But passing it to Kwame in that position didn't give Kwame any better odds of scoring because those two defenders were still in his way. I, what was he doing? It, it was a bad pass as well. That's the thing. He didn't even do it right. There was so little on the pass that by the time Kwame was at, Kwame had to readjust, go towards the ball, and by then he was pressured by them. Ikono just seemed to want to beat everyone twice and then lay off the ball <laughs> and still not score. It was very baffling. And it sums up his time there I'd say oh, I so can't fun. work it out at all he was so good when he came on against Inter as well and he came on quite early yeah. in that game because uh, Gonzalez was forced off Udinese Lecce won one Ewan Udinese are just being normal again yeah they've it. it's, it's a weird one I, I say they've gone off the boil they have but from a level that was absolutely obscene <laughs> for, for the quality of the team they've you know they're still now what are they just, just beneath the Top teams, they're eighth. Um, they've still got a six-point buffer down to the next team. So, like, they're—they I, I, don't look like they're going to nosedive or anything like that. But they're definitely leveling out into. I think top half, they'll be happy. They will be happy with a top half finish, and I don't think they're going to get it. Kev Empoli beat Sassuolo one nil. Sassuolo are kind of falling away just a little bit. Yeah, they need to. Well, I think they probably will. They're not going to get dragged into. Famous last words. Um, relegation. <laughs> but it does feel like they need to, um, I don't know if reinvent themselves is the right word, but they certainly need to. I don't think that is the right word, Kev. No, but it's, it, you know, when they came in, they it, it, it felt like when they got promoted a few years back that they've had the same sort of nucleus of players and now it feels like we want to see a newish, you know, Sassuolo 2.0 and then sort of kick on a little bit. I know you love going down there and, we're coming over wow. in February to see them down there, um, which will be good. Uh, do you know what? I'm already thinking about that weekend, dreading it, because I've not <laughs> done... It's a four-match weekend, and I don't... I'm not up for that, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. And I'm the old man. <laughs> yeah. No, but you, you are. I've never hidden the fact that I have the the mannerisms of an old man but you are old kev i'm sorry to tell you that but i'm getting in I'm, present company in prayer yes in present it's got a bit personal this you and where have you been for the last i don't know kev you've been on this pod about three years now on a weekly basis Fernsey, where have you been for all that time um <laughs> what else have we got Vito salernitana 2 cremonese 2 i i've got to be honest when Salernitana went 1-0 up after three minutes, I didn't see this result coming. And then when they went 2-1 up before halftime, I, I just I thought they'd be able to see this one out. Especially given uh, 
how Cremonese have struggled this season, you'd think that this would have been one of those games where Salernitana would have had enough quality to hold on to to the three points. Uh, it wasn't the case. There was a bit of a penalty bungle towards the end, and Chofani got a much-needed equaliser and draw for the Grigiorossi. And and for me, I think Chofani, that he's got at least two or three goals. So for me, he's got to be starting over Dessas. I know Dessas injured, but Dessas is one of the worst signings of the season. So I think despite Chofani's age, let him stay in the starting lineup, Albini. You might do yourself some favours. I wasn't expecting that to come there, Vito. You've you've thrown me a little bit. Usually you can see where your little bits of shade are going to come. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I chucked uh, Pogba in the ring. Just... Pardon? I chucked Pogba in the ring, if we go in there. <laughs> <laughs> Having not kicked a ball. <laughs> Frenzy, Charles Pickle uh, played. He did, and he conquered. Played, <laughs> played ninety minutes. <laughs> he always conquers. If he's if he's in a room, he conquers the room. Kev Monza beat Verona two nil. Yeah, I'm getting increasingly worried for Verona because I quite liked them last year. And uh, Verona, yeah, you know that we've probably we've talked previously about their horrible fan base, but I don't know. There was something about you know I fell in love with Barak there last year, and best midfielder in Italy. Um, it's a little sad to see what's happening to them um, and you're probably even a little bit disappointed because of Monza turning them over and we're going to have Mr Bellasconi for one more year in the top flight the, um, the... Uh, Caprari should have uh, scored a few more goals too he probably should have scored two against his old club but he didn't but uh, um, yeah uh, Carlos Augusto in uh, and who was the Colpani? They scored the goal, so that secured the points. Petania got an assist for the second goal. And uh, Pablo Mari was in the crowd, so that was good to see, especially after the incident he was involved in. So yeah, it's nice to see that, you know, his recovery is going steady and that uh, they can get a win for him. Is Gianluca Camprari, his Verona spell aside, the most irrelevant player? That has played in Serie A for the last ten years. Um, Kev, I can see you're you're trying to say something. Sorry, well, go on. I was trying to. Oh, I was thinking about Camprari then because I think he had a really good game when I watched Verona play Venezia the other day. But I don't know. It just dawned on me that almost everything I've said has, has had a bit of a. It it feels like the World Cup is making me think that the season's coming over. I'm talking about Napoli as champions, Verona going down. There's still like half a season to go. But the, <laughs> the, the World Cup has made it think. They're all right. You know, I'll, I'll be doing my team of the season next week. Uh, yeah, I don't know if anybody else... weird, though. Yeah, I just wondered if anybody else feels break. like that. But um... Because we're taking the break as well before the, the midway point. So there's still more than half the season after the World Cup. So it is a little bit odd. I don't know what to make of anything either, Kev. So you're not alone. But we are both the old people. So maybe maybe that plays a, a part here. Like, I'm joining you this time. So I don't think I can be accused of offending you this time, can I? Um, no, well, look, well, I mean, you you didn't offend me, but you also, um, well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure Vito's older than you, so yeah, I mean, he, is, yeah but he doesn't look at. I he? think you were being nice to Vito at the same point as being um, maybe a little bit down yeah. on yourself. <laughs> oh, I'm just being honest. Like he, he looks younger than I do, so what can you do about that? There's not much you can do, is there? But anyway, I think that'll leave it, Bernsey. We'll be back because we've got a women's football podcast to do. 
to talk about Roma's Supercoppa Italiana win here in Parma. And I was there for it over Juventus on penalties. Quite a lot to talk about from that game, actually. It was a lot of fun being there. We will get into that over on patreon.com slash football. We'll also be back with a preview pod for the midweek games, the review pod for the midweek games, and the preview pod for next weekend's games. I don't think I have enough time this week to do all of these podcasts, to be honest with you, but we'll find a way and we'll be back with you then. Non-patrons, you will hear from us in a week's time. Five pods time, so enjoy that. If you want to keep up with all of the fun in the meantime, it's patreon.com slash totalitalianfootball. As little as two euro a month gets you all that content on a weekly basis. I can't work out the value either, but it's very, very good. Anyway, we will speak to you then. Kev, thank you. Pleasure. Vito, thank you. You're welcome. Bye, Bernsey. Bye. That was good. Well done.